episode two of the Banana Stand podcast. I am Joe Aguirre along with Eden Fritz Aguirre. It is episode two of season one, the top banana. And we learned a very valuable lesson when it comes to the Bluth family. Trying to find some money for the family. There's always money in a banana stand. We don't have the money, Pop. Always money in the banana stand. And so Michael, his son, and his brother together enjoyed the cathartic burning of the banana stand. There was money in that banana stand. Well, it's all gone now, Dad. There's $250,000 lining the walls of the banana stand. Why didn't you tell me that? How much clearer can I say there's always money in the banana stand? No touching! No touching! You just heard it. There's always money in the banana stand. We review episode to season one of Arrested Development, the episode entitled Top Banana, uh, a power struggle between Michael uh, and his father George, and it ends in Michael doing something that uh, is typical of the series. He makes a stand against his yes. father, Eden, and of course, it blows up in his face. I feel like in this episode, there's a lot of rebellion from multiple characters. Job? As he tries to rebel, although he wants to be involved and is given the chance to be involved and throws it into the air, literally, and fails. So there's a lot going on in this episode, and I'm really glad that we get to do this one because it really goes well with the whole Banana Stand podcast. I mean... A great appearance by Patrice O'Neill. Absolutely. Uh, it, and... and, and uh... My favorite part is is when uh, is when Michael goes and confronts him, um, finds out that T Bone's been given the job uh, by George at the banana stand, and then uh, he asks if he burned down the storage locker. Oh, definitely. I mean, I love Patrice O'Neill, although he, he did that. His casual uh, was composure. So great. Yes. I mean, it was perfect. Oh, definitely. Like just I, you and I both chuckled as we watched it just now. But, I mean, what a great delivery. I mean, his character through and through. Also, his nickname for George is Pumpkin. And just, he has little jokes here and there. I feel like, you know, he doesn't get enough love. And, unfortunately, that's his only episode. But he's a great addition. Um, love the, the line about being a flamer. Uh, obviously, uh, Michael misunderstands what that means until he gets to the storage locker uh, where the fireman explains, yeah, it must have been arson. The work of a flamer, he says, to yep. clue you in on uh, exactly what that is. Um, again, you get a chance to see Michael uh, messing with Lucille, who falls into his trap. The first of many Michael will set. Uh, and as usual, she will play right into his hand and yet still somehow come away scot-free. It's more believable when you let me finish. <laughs> Jason Bateman had a lot of great zingers in this episode. I just his comedic timing is fantastic. I, I mean, again, I'll go back to 2003, having watched this episode after the pilot. I mean, I was so hooked. It, 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 it was just what a show, what a hilarious show. It's so clever. Um, you know. Again, for somebody who was watching it for the first time, a show sort of ahead of its time and just kind of doing things the way nobody else did, that idea that there's foreshadowing all throughout the episode about the banana stand's eventual demise. And and obviously the significance of this is a cash-strapped family and there's well, always money in the banana stand. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, I love that Michael and George Michael, and to a lesser degree, Job, decide that they're ready to play hardball. Yeah. They're going George Bluth style. Yeah. And clearly misunderstood where the money in the banana stand was. And on top of that, obviously, Job threw the insurance money check into the ocean. Yep. That's a big loss. It is. But that's very typical of Job. You know, I mean, he really blows every opportunity he has. I mean, also, he walked into the, he bought the dove and then the guy was like, do you need a cage? <laughs> and he said no. And he tucked the dove into his coat. And then as people usually do, they kind of use their body to open push doors. And the dove was on the side that he pushed the door with immediately turns around and asks about the return policy. I mean, this is very typical of Job. This is what he does. I, I mean, that this episode will probably always be my favorite yes. of the episodes. I mean, and, and and for me, you know, and we've talked about it before. We could talk it to death about the 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 banana stand. There's always, I mean, I've been saying that now for seventeen years. There's always money yeah. in the banana stand, whatever that means. And and to have a banana stand podcast just makes it all the more worthwhile. Now, also another huge moment in this episode. Okay, in Tap Banana, for the very first time, although not discussed yet, we see Tobias in the shower. Yes. And oh. we'll soon find out why he is a never nude. <laughs> so, I love him crying in the shower. It's, it's, oh, yeah, he's and so he had great something at it. in his mouth every time, which was funny to like try and like <laughs> hide the tears. Soap, towel, I mean... I, I kind of feel bad for him. But at the same time, just just so much... What is there so to feel of, bad for? Well, because I feel like Tobias has always had good intentions. I mean, the reason why he lost his degree um, was because he was attempting to provide someone with CPR who didn't need it. Yeah, well, that's Tobias. I mean, that's so Tobias. Wants to be the hero, but then ruins everything. Tobias was such a good addition to the Bluth family for that reason, where yes. everything sort of blows up in his face. Yep. He takes it to a very special degree. Uh, you know, so all, I guess the, the relationship between Job and Michael, you know, you, you, you heard in the episode, obviously Job talk a lot about wanting, just wanting to be asked. Yeah. He knows his, he knows his limitations. But he, he doesn't want to just be the idiot of the family. I also love on the beach when he tries to do the magic and nothing happens. And Michael was like, oh, I thought a fireball or something was going to happen. And he was like, it was supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> Again, just a, a Job failing in that moment so many times over uh, and, 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 and saying that he had mailed a letter, as did Lucille earlier on. He did right. mail the letter. No, he didn't. Yeah. And how how unbelievably uh again, imagine imagine this is a real family really struggling for money. Yeah. And there's two hundred fifty thousand and they just set it on fire. I oh, guess... also all the money they lost on the bananas that week too, thanks to Maybe and George Michael. Oh, my right? other favorite line in that is uh uh if you think when when she calls uh, uh, Michael up and she's like George Michael's about to do something totally irresponsible hmm. and Michael goes uh if you think it's irresponsible I'll be right there. Another great line she had in that episode <laughs> and I thought you were going to mention it earlier and I and then you moved on from it which broke my heart. 
um, when she was talking about T-Bone, because he was correcting them on the math, and she went, Oh, yes. He's a flamer, not an embezzler. Oh, my goodness I could gracious. not believe you missed that line. I was so devastated. I mean, she's had a, she had a couple really good lines. And that actually, funny you say that. <laughs> and maybe you saw it on my face. I sort of maybe. took mental note of that, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's because that is a killer line. That is I mean, definitely a, a, a great maybe line. That's what I like line. about maybe. I've always struggled with liking her character, and I feel bad. It shocks me. It's just because of her parents. But you also don't like George Michael. Correct. Which is something we'll have to deep dive because that's uh. I think it's just Michael Sarah. I don't know. I don't think anyone else that likes this show doesn't like George Michael. So that's an interesting. I, that's I, an I, interesting I, angle you're coming at. You're coming at an angle where you know I've often said. I mean, I like the show The Office. I don't. I don't love the Michael Scott character. I think as seasons two through mm -hmm. six, I think he's obnoxiously ridiculous to the point where it's, yes. it becomes unbelievable. It that, is unbelievable, but I think people enjoy it for the satire. No, I, you know what I, I mean. Yeah, sure, I, and you're definitely I get right that. in thinking that. I, I also mean, think Will Ferrell overacts, but and and, and so oh for me, God. what I love about Arrested Development is <laughs> is that the humor is never it's never too much. Right, it's the perfect it's amount. The mishaps, the you know, the stupid things that that Buster and Joe will do from time to time, or Tobias, it's the way it's always cleverly explained how you got there is what makes that credible to me, and and makes me laugh even harder at it. It's kind of like. Because I know we had talked about this before. In the first episode, when Buster, who's taken the cartography classes, says the blue is the land. But then you also think back and you know he's a nervous wreck. And on the fly, he's not that quick, if you know what I mean. So, I mean, you kind of laugh at it and you're like, oh, typical Buster, you know what I mean? This episode, Tapanana, just again, just, you know, when I say what I love about the show is the the characters are true to their to their original appearance all throughout and yes. and you see here in season 2 episode 2 like it like in episode 1 everybody's everybody sticks to their character nobody does anything that you wouldn't be totally surprised by yeah. michael always tries to save the day job always blows it in some way yep lucille's got her own agenda you know it it's always uh you know i mean here's how about lindsay um the typical Lindsay, you you could say, yeah. you know, gets doesn't a, work. gets a job and then and then goes out and celebrates a job she hasn't done yet. Yep. Sleeps through it the next day. <laughs> That's certainly in line with everything that happens to Lindsay going forward, right down towards the end, where she's running for office and then totally blows it. There you go. It's oh, I boy. mean I love the way they write this show. Genius. We we talk about this all the time. It's the reason why we're such big fans of the show. Got a chance to sit down and, and watch Top Banana, and we were in stitches. Yeah. You know, I've seen that episode now six or seven times in my life. I <laughs> laugh like it's the first time every time. Definitely. This episode is the Top Banana. It truly is. For me, it is the Top <laughs> Banana. Uh, surprisingly... Uh, when the show debuted in 2003, there was a drop-off uh, of nearly uh, a million and a half people from episode one to episode two. And I and I wow. think to myself, so many people just missed out on, on really what was such a hilarious show. The ratings would continue to sort of dip a little bit as, as you went through the season. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, that's when, again, there was talk about whether the show was ever even going to survive. And and I'm so glad, so glad that it did. I'm really, I'm really glad it's gotten this far, too. And something that I'm going to write a blog about eventually, because we're still a bit early on in the show to talk about it. But, you know, they've discussed a movie. I'm excited to see where the show goes from here. Because where the show ended off, as we are right now, I mean, there's still a lot to unpack. There's still a lot of questions to be answered. And I'm interested to see how they how they do it. If they do another season, if they do a movie, you know, whatever they choose to do. But, I mean, this is such a great show that started off in a time slot that wasn't the right one for its kind of humor. But I think now that it has Netflix and it's really in a good avenue where it can do its thing, I really would like to see where the show goes from here. What are your thoughts, Dad? Um, I... To me, right, I, I, I say I watched this episode of the show uh, the first time and there was like zero doubt in my mind from mm-hmm. that day forward that, that this show wasn't, to me, the best thing on television. I, 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 I don't even think it was close. I don't know what other shows there, you know, I mean, I do, but there was nothing else at the time, I'm saying, that, that even compared to the humor and, you know... The great recurring lines are all throughout the show. It was exactly. a show that was it, it did very well with the critics. Critics thought it was an amazing show. It's on Time Magazine's 100 Greatest Shows of All Time. Okay, just to give you some context. That's a lot of shows in the history of the world. Okay. Um, but to me, to me, the pilot was so great. This, this, the top banana, I was in. And, and from that day forward, I always said to people, there's always money in the banana stand. Uh, obviously, we know on the show, Michael's wife is deceased. Correct. And we do get some details or a little bit more talking about it uh, in the final season. What is the name of Michael's late wife? That's your Arrested Development trivia question. It is Tracy Bluth. Ah, on, you are. Dad. Listen. I really just, know myself about this show. Just because you got it correct uh-huh. doesn't mean everybody listening got it correct. Am I right? I guess you're right. But I don't know. I guess I'm a bit of an expert, as we should be, of course. Well, I, I'll assume that you will get uh, every question right anytime I ask a trivia question. Is that about right? For the most part, I mean, I better. I'd be pretty disappointed in myself. Um, I see you looking up trivia right now, and well, I'm yelling out the answers in my head. I'm sure you are. Except I'm sure you one. are. It's maybe stop looking at the screen. Why is she looking at the screen? Why does he have it open right in front of me? We're both facing the same way. How terrible. All right. All right, well, I'm going to jump back to the question I had originally asked. So they talked about having a movie in a 2011 reunion and then in 13 the directing the directing team said that they actually had a script ready to go but then they released season five so there and you know there's still a lot of questions left unanswered from the last episode of course so i think if for me i don't know how much longer they could keep this going if they have more or what they have in store for the characters i think if they really wanted to end things off nicely after season five they said that they had a movie. Instead of doing another season, I think they should end it with like a feature film length movie. You know what I mean? 
I think that'd be a good way to end it, you know, kind of show the end of what happened with everything. Gotcha. From the last episode, because I'm not going to spoil it. And then what happens from there and end it off. I think that'd be a good way to do it. Just because it's moved around so much and because of its different homes, the story has changed from base where we all kind of thought it was going. Correct. Yeah, yeah. So I think the movie would be a great way to kind of end it. And I think Netflix would probably be the ones doing it. And I, I think it'd be a good way to end the movie. But back to what you were saying, Top Banana. I mean, this really is a great episode. Definitely the best out of the whole show. I mean. You agree with that? really sets it up nicely. Okay. And I think it sets it makes the Banana Sand podcast look great, too. I mean, really. At the end of the episode, Michael even realizes that the banana stand is the only source of revenue that the family has right now. Right. Which is why they rebuilt it. But, man, you gotta love the banana stand. What appliance was invented by George Bluth in the 70s and isn't available outside of Mexico? The cornballer. The cornballer, yes. Come yes. On, it's a family product. These questions are going to get harder, obviously, hmm. uh, as the show goes along, and, and we'll see who the real fans are uh, and, and who aren't. One more. Uh, what is the annual dinner dance event the Blues Country Club has that Lucille's determined to win every year? Mother Boy. Yes, Mother Come Boy. Come on. I don't know what he thinks this is. Buster and Lucille, the best couple every year. Even when he goes in his late 30s and early 40s. Not weird at all. We want to thank everybody uh, who's uh, liked our Facebook page. You can also follow us on Twitter. And visit our website, clovercrestmedia.com backslash the Banana Stand Podcast. Uh, there you'll find we are on every single platform uh, of podcast. Uh, so you can find the link, subscribe, however it is that you do listen. We do appreciate you listening. Uh, certainly would love your feedback via uh, Facebook or Twitter or right through the website. Um, yeah, loving doing the show. This is uh, this is great. My favorite show of all time. And I'm so excited to be podcasting about it with Superfan Eden. Thank you. All right, well, for Eden Fritz Aguirre, I'm Joe Aguirre. Thank you for listening to Episode 2 of the Banana Stand Podcast. Oh.